Without Liquor. Welcome to this episode of Laughing Without Liquor, a woman's guide to living it up without the booze. Join your long-term recovery hosts, Lane Kennedy and Tamar Medford, as they have insightful conversations with others on an alcohol-free journey. We're glad you're here. Now let's dive into this episode. All right, before we get into today's episode, I want you to know that we have an awesome sponsor. Are you ready for it? It's called the Laughing Without Liquor newsletter. You can find out more information over at laughingwithoutliquor.com forward slash newsletter. But here's the get. When you sign up, you get all of our juicy discounts. Now, the first discount that I want to share with you is my big discount to the class. Have you ever taken the class with Taryn or Sophia or Sam or, I mean, there's so many amazing teachers over there. This is my preferred method of sweat, the class. Not only do I sweat, but sometimes I cry. Sometimes I'm laughing. Sometimes I am, well, definitely I'm getting a workout. Super spiritual, super fun, super funky. Go check them out. But first you have to get on our newsletter over at you said it, laughingwithoutliquor.com forward slash newsletter. Grab that newsletter. But you know, when you get into that newsletter, I have something else I'm going to give to you, which is our Unleash Your Self-Preservation. It's kind of a little mini course that you're going to jump into when you join, because we know that you are here to win it every day. So go check that out over at, again, you know it, laughingwithoutliquor.com forward slash newsletter. Sign up and you'll get all of our juicy discounts. Thanks for supporting our show. And now let's get into today's episode. Laughing Without Liquor, the content presented on the Laughing Without Liquor website and podcast is for informational purpose only and not intended to diagnose or treat disease. Before making any changes to your nutrition or supplementation, please make sure to check with your physician or healthcare provider. Laughing Without Liquor podcast is for general information purpose only and does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including or giving medical advice and no doctor patient relationship is formed. The use of information on this podcast or materials linked from this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical condition that they may have and should seek the assistance of their healthcare profession. So we're just letting you know that we're here sharing our experience, and we want you to take your health serious. So that's our disclaimer. Enjoy the show. <laughs> it's like something new happens every time. Oh, okay, here we go. And and wow. I feel like I haven't had the spray in a long time. I know, the spray. What, what was the spray thing? Why do I feel like I should be? <gasps> oh, yeah. You should be spraying too. We'll have to send you a bottle. <laughs> yeah. I'm hanging out with my friend Tamar Medford. And I'm hanging out with my friend, Lane Kennedy. And we're hanging out with you. Thanks so much for uh, hanging out with us, uh, laughing without liquor. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, it's so great. I'm so happy that we did this tomorrow. I, do, I am too, because I love, well, I love the new Diddy mm-hmm. at the beginning. Yes, so good. <laughs> it's so good. So good. And it's just, we have to teach women how to laugh without the use of liquor. And I think it even goes beyond that. Oh, so beyond that. Right. It's not even about liquor anymore. I mean, it could be about Snickers bars, right? 
whatever gets in the way. Uh, so what are we doing today, tomorrow? What's happening? We're hanging out with our friend Leanne Lovely. Yes, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for being here, Leanne. So, you know, just kind of a quick, uh, Leanne's a founder of Love Your Sales a yes. fractional sales business that partners with recruiters in motion. You also host the podcast called Let's Talk HR, which we've been on. So which if you haven't so checked fun. that out, you have to go listen to our show. Uh, thank you so much for being with us, Leanne. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to talk with you guys again. It was so much fun last time. I know. <laughs> so good. Yes. And Where I- do we want to start? Well, I think a lo- uh, we hear from a lot of our listeners that are just stuck, mm-hmm. you know, and I know what that feels like, because I don't know, probably what, five years ago, I was in that position where I'm like, what am I doing with my life? I don't like my job. I get paid well. I have all the stuff, like the things that should, as you know, uh, society tells us should make me happy, but I wasn't happy because I wasn't doing what I was passionate about. Um, so, you know, I mean... Leanne, why don't you get into a little bit about yourself, you know, what got you to where you are today, and then let's dig into how we can help our listeners get unstuck, and we'll talk about career transitions. You know, and something that you just said before I, you know, before I even introduce myself, I just have to say this really quick. It's so common for people in their later years in their life to to realize that money is not the end all, that it's not... And so I just want to point that out really quick because it's not until you've surpassed that that a certain mm-hmm. point, and it's different for everybody, to realize that, mm-hmm. oh, money is not going to make me happy. So I just, you know, you you said that, like, so you're, you're making all this money in your career and holy crap, you're not happy? What do you mean you're not mm-hmm. happy? You say that to a 20-year-old and they're like, well, that's, I, I want to, you know, get into my career and make a ton of money and I'm going to be happy then. Well. Mm-hmm. We, we don't we have to grow wiser in order to realize that that's not that's not a thing that that's going to make you happy. Well, anyways. OK, so I, I do that a lot. Sorry, ladies. You're going to have to rein me in. Don't be sorry. It's all good. <laughs> um, I am Leanne Lovely, um, new to entrepreneurship because I, too, found myself in a point of being not I don't want to say unhappy, but not fulfilled, fully fulfilled in my career. Um for multiple reasons. And so came the launch of Love Your Sales, um, which is a fractional sales business, but so much more than that. Um, We help. I don't even know what that means, Leanne. Fractional sales. Like, like, what does that mean? Yep. So putting fractional. I'm all about sales. Putting fractional in front of sales is a new, is really new. You you hear about fractional CFOs. So a CFO that starts at a company that just really is coming into to help with something, help with the bleeding or fix a problem. Um, I come in Mm -hmm. as a interim salesperson to a brand new startup business to help launch. Mm -hmm. Um, Come in as a project salesperson because they're they're launching a new product line or just Mm -hmm. to help out when things are on a lull and their sales team is just really struggling with something. Um, But I also am able to hire salespeople. Um, there's a lot of staffing agencies out there that don't touch hiring salespeople because you're not hiring so much for skill when it comes to salespeople. You can have somebody who has knocked it out of the park, knocked it out of the park every job they've been at, but they have a horrible personality. So they can't keep a job. 
So it is hard to hire salespeople. Um, and so I take a very different approach when I, when I do that. But my business also helps companies um, on so much more, so many more levels. Um, we offer um, CRM cleanups. We offer um, implementing a new CRM to, to actually training their leadership team, helping them communicate or talk the same language when it comes to their sales and production team. And so often we see a disconnect from, hey, I just made that sale and the salesperson comes in celebrating and screaming, yay, yay. And then the production's all going, God, I hate that person because they're the one Mm -hmm, who now has mm -hmm. to produce or take care of that customer. And while they're looking at him saying, God, he's so arrogant or she's so arrogant because she just made this sale, it's, it's not necessarily the arrogance. It's, hey, I just did a great job at my own job. And yes, now it needs to be passed off to the people who produce that. And that's stressful. Um, and so mm-hmm. there can be at times a disconnect between the sales and the production team. So having training um, on understanding how to speak that same, la- same language um, because buying the production team donuts is not necessarily the way to fix that, right? Um, basically, you're trying to bribe them and say, hey, I'm really sorry I did my job, but now you have to fulfill that commitment of whatever you sold, right? So we, you know, Love Your Sales is really about the whole solution of how do you start? How do you get everything working in a nice as I'm hitting my mic with my hand because I can't talk without my hands. <laughs> um, I understand that 100%. So how do, you, how do you keep that flow moving properly so that you can see your sales numbers go up and keep your salespeople on revenue-generating tasks? And also, we offer the training to make sure that your team is working cohesively together. Sales. Tamar, have you done sales? I feel like you have. I have. And when you were talking about, you know, production sales teams, I and, you know, I want to ask something about culture is it just brought me right back to why I actually left my job is Mm -hmm. because that same thing, right? Sales would always work really hard to get the jobs. uh, But it was always a well, you have to get this soon. Like I know you have 10 other things to do, but you have to put this number one, right? And I feel like the reason why I wanted to escape so badly was because of the culture, because I think that there's a lot of good companies out of there out there that their leadership group, they allow people to have a voice to speak. And I feel like in my previous position, which was a lot of this problem, right? There was a lot of headbutting. People would talk mm-hmm. negatively about each other, but it was because of the culture mm-hmm. of the company. That's what, that's what the leadership group had created. And that's why I was so desperate to get out. And I feel like a lot of women, you know, especially, you know, they're in their midlife. I was what, 40, 46, when I, I left, I was like, I don't have to put up with this anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. And some of the leadership team puts it back on the salesperson. They'll say to them, you have to get your team to like you. Well, what do you mean you have to get, what? That, I, you know, our listener really is in this place sometimes of like, okay, I have the sales job or I'm in production and I don't want to do it. Right. So I want to make a transition. I want to change, um, you know, and, and where do I start? You know, and especially since we live in this weird world now where people, you know, some people are still working at home. Some are like mandatory in the office again. Um, 
I know people here in San Francisco are moving closer to their office. You know, like everybody's kind of mm-hmm. leaving the city. It's just, there's some, it's a weird world again. So what's, let's give her like some insight on perhaps how she might navigate. Right. Like what, what is she going to do? What is she going to do? Right. I don't know. <laughs> You know, it's been interesting over, you know, talking about the transition, talking about um, people on the move. Um, obviously, as the pandemic hit, everybody was kind of up in air. What are we going to do? What's going on? And we saw the rise of the remote workers. Everybody went remote remote, and they started to experience life completely differently. All of a sudden, I could sit at my desk, take a quick break and throw some laundry in and then come back and get some more work done. And, and I'm experiencing the world different, right? I'm no longer in the car in traffic for 45 minutes. And so, you know, on my way to you know, sitting, I, I got back that hour and a half or that two hour commute yeah. time in some cities. Some, But you also then had your laundry to do. Exactly. <laughs> and the dishwasher. And then you got home from and, work and you're making dinner right. and you've got kids oh and you've got, so mm-hmm. think about how much time was re, mm. you know, captured by being able to work yeah. remote. And then the pandemic, I don't know, are we completely, are we considering it completely over? I'm not really sure yet. Some people are and some people are saying, no, we're yeah, still in know. it because, but now, now the world is saying, okay, let's go back to the office because it's important mm-hmm. to have community. But the, yeah, we need community. We do. We absolutely need community. But the internet has now created a different sense of community in which you mm. and I are in completely right. different states. Uh, I mean, well, <laughs> country. country for Tamar. Tamar is not even in, you know, she's, you're in Canada. So we are creating communities online across yep. the world. I mean, I interviewed somebody who's in, in Nigeria. So. Wow. Now we're creating communities where we are able to connect and people are pushing Mm -hmm. back. Nope, I I want at least a hybrid work environment. And so we're seeing people transition from, and and from what Tamar, you were talking about earlier, a lot of the older generations, or not not older generation, a lot of the more mature mature (laughs) wise are realizing that I don't have to do what was considered to be the norm anymore. I'm going to reevaluate mm-hmm. my life and make decisions based on the health of my entire family, the health of myself and <clears throat> excuse me and do what's best for me. And now people are I think just in the last 3 weeks I've had 3 people call me and say I don't want to be in my industry anymore. I'm mm. tired of just my industry. I want to yeah. do this or I want to do that. And I'm like, oh, okay. And there are key, it, it is definitely, you are definitely able to move to different industries and transition your skills. But one individual that came to me, whole career in a very niche industry And here's my advice. If you're going to switch industries, you want to do something completely different, before you even take that on, you have to hyper, like, 
very, very specifically, get very specific on what it is you want to do, almost like you're marketing, you're building a marketing plan for a company. You have to build a marketing plan for yourself. Mm. Because if you just put your resume out there with, this is what I have done, everybody is going to call you about the same career that you were doing. Unless you're able to market the skills that you have and market how that translates to what you want to do. Okay. I totally hear you, Leanne. So I want to get more concrete because I'm thinking about this for myself. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, so for example, I'll give you an example. Okay. I've been a coach, mm -hmm. coaching, coaching, coaching. Okay. I want out of the coaching. Okay. I'm done with coaching. But I'm in now, like I'm looking at people's DNA and I'm a health practitioner. Mm -hmm. So what are the skills? Well, like how would I market that? How, right. So first you're, you're in, you have a degree somewhere in mm -hmm. there in, in the sciences or in the health, right? <laughs> Correct. Okay. When was the last time you got a certification or updated your certification in those sciences? Um, this uh this springtime okay so they're fairly new and mm -hmm. are they on the biology side or in what what exact because I'm, I'm trying to dna they're on the dna genetics okay so yeah. in nutrigenomics in <laughs> <laughs> now uh -huh. if i pretended exactly what i knew that was okay <laughs> explain to me exactly what that is i, I gotta tell you that's a new one for me Right. So the, the science of uh, genetics within the body, mm -hmm. right? So understanding what your genetics are doing and understanding what the biochemistry of your body is doing when you put food into it, how you live, okay. um, how you move through the world. So the first thing that you need to do you for self-discovery is you don't want to be a coach anymore, but what do you want to do? Okay. So sit down and figure out through that, through coaching, you obviously have a high understanding of, of people. You have a high understanding. You're mm -hmm. hypersensitive to, um, I'm assuming, you know, listening, um, being able to pull out information from people, being able to identify areas of need in people. So you, all of those different things, I mean, that's all sales right there. Um, so the other aspect of that is, is the educational piece. What... What is it that you, um, you know, find most fascinating about the work you do? Oh my God, how life-changing it is. Okay. In what area? Specifically. Uh, it, mental health. Okay. So. Physical, um, physical, like weight, you know, just the body, the overall body. And. And so just, I want to just back up just for our listeners. Like, I want you to take my example right now and put it into your mm -hmm. life. That's, I'm not doing it because right. I, I, like, I don't need career counseling right now. I'm just, I wanted to get a real example. Right. <laughs> like, so we could go so through So now, it. if you're interested in the life changing, the mental health aspect of that, what I would then do mm -hmm. is I would take a look at some of the opportunities and the positions that fall in line with that. So. There are mental health facilities out there that specialize in nutrition 
and and overall wellness. Mm -hmm. And so I would start looking at some companies, for instance, in the Wisconsin market, there are, you know, Rogers Memorial Hospital that has areas of expertise that fall in um, different areas of full wellness, not just, um, again, there are, um, uh, um, it's, it's uh, leaving me right now, but um, individuals who may suffer from um, eating type eating disorders and things like that mm -hmm. if that's mm -hmm. an area of, of interest for you that would fall under and again it's it's going to come down to you having to do a, to do a lot of self-discovery and then once you've identified like this would be really I love to help people I find it extremely fascinating this is an area that I'm really interested in then you need to sit down and write down how Anything that you've done in the past would correlate with that. So, okay. Obviously my coaching, right? Correct. That's, and like you said, I, I listen and uh, I kick ass, mm -hmm. right? Like all that, <laughs> that's going to, that's going to help. Right. right. So for somebody who is, is transitioning from say a writer, they've been in journalist, right. they've been, you know, in journalism and now they want to go work at a, a startup mm -hmm. she would take all of her writing skills and she would identify why she wants to or what excites her about being an entrepreneur or being at a startup so you, what we want to focus on is first the hard skills what translates in those hard skills the writing um, obviously the creative there's going to be some creativity. So what mm -hmm. value add does she have in her background that is going to translate into moving into a startup? There's, there's, I mean, I can list a, a ton of those. In a startup, you know, in a startup, one, somebody who's going to be able to assist with content on a website, assist with um, really honing in on, you know, the... Um, why can't it come up with the words? Word finding is so hard right now. <laughs> um, the, you know, the business plan, um, the uh, uh, value proposition for that business and really honing in on all of that. And then some of those other soft skills that um, that, that individual has or taking courses, for instance, on has this individual ever done any type of inside sales, soft training, those types of things are going to be secondary. And when you write a resume or you and when you write a resume or you approach somebody about, hey, I'm interested in this, you want to lead first with with why I would be good at this, followed by the skills, not listing your job positions. Because if I were to just hand you my resume listing the Here's the job I did. Here's the job I did. Here's the job I did. I'm going to look at it and go, you're totally not qualified for any of this. It's it, right because you're thinking about the old correct. job, right? And you want to go into a new correct. job, a new career. In order to mm -hmm. in order to have that transition and and the first thing that a recruiter looks at when they look at your resume is what's on top, right? They're going to look at that objective statement. So when you're looking for a new job, and this is, and a lot of people are like, oh, I don't have the time to do this. If you're looking to transition to a new industry, you have to rewrite your objective statement. You have to. And you can hire somebody to do this. You can. If you have the funds, you can hire, uh, a, you know, an actual 
Um, there are career counselors out there. There are coaches out there that can actually assist with doing that. But you can't. How about AI? Um, I would be careful. Can you, you can. can? Can we use our friend Chat GPT? You can, but I would not just have Chat GPT write it and keep it as is. Um, nowadays, mm-hmm. you know, there are more and more tools out there that are kicking it to the side, and I don't know that there are no, you know, there's a myth out there that when you apply to a, a you know, a position that there's an AI tool that determines whether or not you're qualified or not um and that's not true it, it goes to an actual person um but <laughs> um i would make sure that if you're using you know a chat gpt or something like that that you're reading it to make sure that it's accurate because the number one mm-hmm. thing that will kick you out of a job opportunity is inaccuracy or lying about mm-hmm. something even if it's an accidental lie because chat GPT decided to say that you have experience in something you don't. So I caution everybody on, on that to make sure that you're being accurate in your skills. Um, but if you're transitioning, you have to make sure that you are writing, you know, a different objective statement to every position you apply for, because if it just says, really interested in finding a new opportunity that will fit my background and skills and then you're not changing your background and skills to match why you think that you would be appropriate for this opportunity they're going to go well your background and skills don't match Mm -hmm. so you have to take the time it's going to be a longer process it's going to be a having to have conversations it's going to be a lot more about who you know and how you get in front of the right people um but I am a believer of hire for personality, train for skill. And more and more companies are starting to get on board for that. And if you have a, a you know, an, especially a more seasoned individual who's been there, done that, has experienced life, um, but, you know, making those transitions, that's why you see a lot of individuals like myself who left corporate and opened up my own shop. I love the idea of hiring for personality. Um, the first time I made a million dollars, I had a company where we were all hired for personality. Mm-hmm. And it was brilliant. Mm-hmm. And then we got too big, right? And so they brought somebody in. I guess one of these frac- fractional people that you're talking about. <laughs> and let me tell you, this guy, he ruined it. Cause he didn't like the personalities. Like he was like so straight, like, uh, it was, he ruined it. He ruined the whole company. I, and I, and I left the company. Um, I, I love this idea of really being clear with these objectives. Like this is where I, this is what I want to be doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tamar objectives. Are you clear on your objectives? I think that sometimes that's difficult. I think that's where you would come in tomorrow, right? With the purpose. Yeah. Because I mean, I work with a lot of women who can't see, they don't have that vision, right? As soon as they go, I really want to do something, but I have no idea what it is. It's because sometimes they have this idea of what they'd like to do, but because they can't see themselves actually doing it, 
they brush it away. And it's like, well, I don't have the skills. And when they don't realize if they actually sat down and took pen to paper and wrote out all the things that they've maybe been through, that they've overcome, that they've learned, they would be probably quite surprised at the skills that they do have that can carry on into something that they would actually be very passionate about. And, you know, I find that, and it's unfortunate, but in my experience and listening to a lot of women, and this is includes myself too, because I worked in a corporate job way longer than I ever wanted to. But I feel like for a lot of us, it gets to a point that something has to bring us to our knees for us to make a change. Mm -hmm. And so how do we empower women to get inspired to actually have the courage to really start to take action towards that change, right? Because it's it's just like when you diet, it's like, well, I'm going to start on Monday, right? I'm going to start next month. I'm going to, you know, binge eat until that point. But I feel like, you know, I got to a point where I was so depressed and I'm just like, I can't do this anymore. Now I'm going to make the change. How do we empower women to actually start to make that before they have to get to that point where it's, you know, they've just hit this bottom and now they're digging themselves out of it? You know, it's hard when you, for me, it was, you know, I'm, why would I leave a position that I'm making, you know, this huge salary and I'm doing, and unfortunately it, it's, you know, it goes back to the, you know, don't fix it if it ain't broken, but it was broken. And I think that yeah. if we were to redefine what our happiness is, that's where it starts. I think people need help to f- help with right. that. Yeah. Because we... I, I think people need to say, yes, I need help with that. And then they need to hire somebody. Mm-hmm. Because it's so hard. It's You just cannot see the trees from the forest when you're in that state. Right. Oh. Yeah. Because a lot... I've, I mean, there's a ton of people out there who will... You know, the 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 greatest thing that ever happened to me was being kicked into entrepreneurship. Um, Mm -hmm. And then there's other who who will say it was, it was horrible. You know, I entrepreneurship had, I known what I didn't know, I wouldn't have done it. But now that I'm in it, I love it. Um, And trust me, there's been days where I've woken up going, Oh my God, what am I doing? But there's nothing else in the world that I would rather be doing. And is it hard? Is it a grind every day? And I'm not encouraging it's your grind. It's, it's my grind, right? Because it's my grind and it's my wins yeah. and my loses. And I learn something every day. And I'm not encouraging women to do entrepreneur, you know, to, to open up their own shop just on a whim. Um, it's not for the faint, right. of, faint of heart. But what I am encouraging is to really sit down and do a self discovery on are you fulfilled in your career? Because if you're not, there is so many other options out there and there are so many places and people that you can hire to talk to to figure out what it is now I'm not saying that you can go from being you know a a admin assistant to being a CPA I mean that takes years of years of schooling there's just certain transitions that you can't just simply make you can't be a CPA and become a doctor tomorrow as much as you wish it it just doesn't come true. But there are transferable skills that you use every day that are so unconscious that until you really take a deep dive into what you truly do, 
mm-hmm. you will realize that, wow, I, I do this all the time. And then somebody will one day point out, wow, you know, y- you do this, you're, you're coaching people all day long. You're, you're helping people all, th- why don't you go into doing this? And uh, that's how the rise of the coaches, right? A lot of coaches who are now coaches were told one day, why aren't you charging for this? And they go, what do you, what do you mean charging for what? Uh, you know, when the people come and you tell them, help them discover (laughs) all of this stuff. And they're like, oh, that's a chargeable thing. That's how I got to do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Because you, it, it comes so natural to most Mm -hmm. of the coaches out there that. That's how I got into sales too. I was just so good at it. And that's the same, but nobody would hire me as a salesperson. Nobody, because I was an HR lady. And to make Uh, that transition was really difficult. So what, over 10 years, 12 years, I can't even remember anymore. I looked at my, I looked at my then boyfriend and I said, I want to do sales. And and he goes, how are you going to do that? I said, I'm going to take this really shitty job, excuse me, this really crappy job. (laughs) And I'm going to sell makeup and I'm going to sell cleaning products and I'm going to sell whatever they tell me I'm supposed to sell. In this Sam's Club. Uh, and oh my God. Tamar, do you have Sam's Clubs? I don't so think so. If we do, it's, it's something it's else. It's like the big box. They sell like oh like yeah, huge it's... quantity of product. Um, you, you go in and it's um, bulk items. So you can get bulk items. It's like Costco. It's like Costco. Uh-huh. Costco. There we go. Yeah. And so I went in and um, was extremely successful extremely successful Mm -hmm. at it and the owner of the next job I took walked up to me after I pitched his his significant other um whom I did not know at the time had a um had I believe it was Alzheimer's and he walked up behind her and said she's not buying this and I was like damn I thought I had a sale um Mm. and he gave me his business card and he goes but I want you to work for me and oh no no I'm happy yes. where I'm at and then I saw that he was the owner of the company and I went oh uh-huh. and a couple of weeks uh-huh. later I was working at his company and lo and behold I had my first real sales job I'd only been working at nice. that crappy one for like a month and a half <laughs> <laughs> and that was how I transitioned into sales but you loved it and I you loved your oh, little yes, crappy I job I used to flutter yeah. around that place selling makeup and doing you know big presentations Mm -hmm. of this cleaning product that would take um it would take spray paint out of carpet and everybody would come and watch and i'd be (laughs) boasting and you know yelling and (laughs) you look at this and everybody's like oh i'll take a gallon and i'm like yeah would you like a Uh gallon selling knives right but you were having fun see but I think there's a connection here that I want our listeners to hear is that you were doing something that you loved and it was fun for you and somebody recognized that right that's really like the coaches going back to that coaching example they you know they showed up and just uh, doing it for free that that you know time and time again because they loved it and then somebody said here I'm going to pay you for this it's the same same thing uh I think it's really good information to have that discovery day or discovery time that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. 
And just really having that investigation of like, what is it that I like? What, where, what do I want to do? Mm-hmm. What brings me so much joy? Tomorrow you talk about that all the time. I do. And I feel like, you know, when I transitioned from, I had done a ton of stuff in corporate um, other than accounting and engineering, but even accounting or engineering, I would get involved in sometimes. Um, but everybody kept coming back and saying, you're really good with people. You're really good with managing people. And so when I thought, okay, I have to change this up, I had the gift of sobriety. And I never looked at that as a gift at the time. But I thought, okay, if I'm really good at managing people, and I like working with sober women, why couldn't I be a coach? And that was kind of the first part of my exploration. And then as a result, I thought, okay, I'm going to start my own coaching company. And I actually left my corporate job, like I took away the safety net, because one of my friends had, and I don't advise everybody to do this because it scared the crap out of me. But she said, you know, tomorrow when you quit drinking, did you keep a bottle of vodka in the cupboard just in case you wanted to go back? And I was like, holy smokes. But I had built up for a year and I was doing my coaching. I was working 3 a.m. to 8 p.m. I had the foundation, but I was terrified to make that plunge. I had the savings. So I had everything in place. And that's why she said it to me because she saw what I had in me. And I said, okay, I'm going to give my resignation. But, you know, that all led actually into, okay, I got to build a website. I got to start an email funnel. And today I love building websites. I love doing podcasts, podcast production. So that first step of somebody recognizing that I was good at something and I started to believe in myself, that actually led to what I do today, (laughs) which I tapped into my creative side. So I think even if you don't land, like you said, you landed into something that was super fun for you and it was way better than what you were doing. But ultimately that ended up, you know, it ends up evolving over time. Mm -hmm. Yep. So cool. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's important to take that time out and just kind of investigate and discover. And now is the time really like we're living in such a time where we can do these transitions. People are looking for new creative people, right? You you don't have to be coming from, you know, from one industry to the next. Like you can make these transition jumps is what I'm trying to say right now. Mm -hmm. My words are not very clear either, Leanne. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I think it's really possible is what I'm saying. It's like, now is the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. The, and as much as, um, well, and I, and I, and I talk with, you know, some of my clients who I, I recruit with or who I recruit for, you know, I talk with them about the idea of remember you need to, and, and there's some industries that you just can't, you have to, you know, they have to have certain, you know, accreditations or they have to have certain you know certifications, whatever it might be. But a lot of, the clients that I, I work with, I, I explained to them that you, that you really need to hire on, for culture and personality. Otherwise, your company is going to spit them out within mm-hmm. two to three months. Like, wouldn't you rather... And that costs oh so my much God. money. Yes. Wouldn't you rather invest the time into training them then have your company immediately spit out a highly qualified person that just doesn't fit in. Like that doesn't go, that's not good for the candidate and that's not good for the reputation of your company. 
be it a good culture or a bad culture, it, it doesn't matter because whatever it is, there's somebody who will fit your culture. If it's, I mean, there are people out there who like the volatile, you know, everybody talks behind their back culture. And, and <laughs> right. Uh, well, I, I think it's, it's also really important to say that um, personality, right, is a skill set. It's really important. Like I was talking to my son the other day about how, you know, all he has to do right now is work on his personality. Like that's going to be his number one tool. That's going to be his number one asset because AI, right? People like are just, we need to cultivate a, a culture of happiness, of niceness, of generosity, of kindness. Like th- those are winning skills. <laughs> and it's, and it's funny you know, there's distinctive personalities historically and, and still to this day. Um, I remember the first time that I got a tour of a an accounting firm I was working at. They're like, oh, come on in. You can meet everybody. And I'm like, okay, great. Normally, I, you know, I had been used to touring manufacturing floors, been used to touring, you know, I had never toured a full-blown accounting firm before it was the most like painstaking horrible tour (laughs) because first of all I'm a very loud vibrant person okay Uh, there's just nothing I I have my own podcast I like to talk this Uh, was the most quiet subdued like people barely lifted their head to even acknowledge that there was somebody in the building Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how mm-hmm. do people work here? Like, wh- it's <sighs> like somebody died. I'm like, nobody's talking. No. Nobody's, it's it's like you're walking into a library every day. And that would drive <laughs> me crazy. Like, <laughs> absolutely. However, you have to remember that the personality of most accountants, I mean, my best friend is an accountant. <laughs> And, and, and we go out, we get, we get along great because she's also a dry humor person where, and I love it. Like she's very dry. <laughs> she says just the most random stuff all the time. And I'm, I laugh my butt off, but you walk into this place and you, you know, you want to like whisper, hi. And everybody's just like looking at you like, who the heck are you? And get out of my space. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's not, that's a disconnect. That's not a, that's a mismatch. Right, right. So mm-hmm. if you, if you, if that company were to hire, you know, on strictly on, um, on, on skills and they hire somebody who is an accountant that happened to be a very loud, obnoxious personality, that person would last like three days. Mm-hmm. No, wouldn't work. no. Wouldn't so, work. yeah. The idea that um, a company look at a resume and make their decision based on that is so outdated. Yeah. I, I agree. Tamar? Yeah, it's <laughs> our accounting department where I used to work. It was like that. You would walk in and it was like, wow, okay, there is no personalities here. Um quiet department I know and I'm I'm not that way I love to talk to and I love to make friends and I like to make mm-hmm. people feel welcome 
And I think, you know, it's important. We talk about this all the time. I'm going to bring it back to community. Yep. The, the people you surround yourself, if you want to change and you're desperate to see change, look at who you're hanging mm-hmm. out with. Yep. hundred percent. Right. Are you reaching out to those people that have maybe that position you want and said, you know, what did you do to get this? Absolutely. Yeah. Enhance your you. personality. Personality. It's all about personality and community. And you also said, Leanne, who you know. Yeah. Getting in front of the right people or the connections. Right. Yep. So I, I, I always want to just in, just encourage our listeners that your network is your net worth, right? Like oh, yeah. really look at your network. Yeah. There, there's a, you know, a book that's called Change Your Circle, Change Your Life. Um, yes. And I and it's it. it talks about the seasons of <clears throat> um, a little bit about the seasons of life. If you want to change your life, then look at the people who are in your circle right now. If they are mm-hmm. doing you know, especially, and I'll bring this back to 20-year-olds. If you graduate college and those college, those those people that graduated with you are still doing the same thing, drinking every night, partying every night, and they're not getting their life together, think about that. If you're still hanging out with them, you're still going to be perceived as that same kid. If you're ready to level up, then you need to find a new circle. You need to find a circle of people who are starting to talk about business, starting to talk about their long-term goals. And then eventually you may end up switching circles again. There's going to come a time in your life where you are going to switch from one circle to the next circle to the next circle. And there's always a time for it. The other thing I want to remind people is you never want to be the smartest person in the room because that room is not going to make you smarter then. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's so true. I look around, you know, there's networking meetings that I go to. And when I go to that networking meeting and I see the same person every single time, or I see the same people every single time I go, okay, I think it's time. I think it's time for me to find a new group because if I see yeah. the same people every single time, I'm getting nowhere. I'm basically sitting in a, in a boat with no rows oars. <laughs> <laughs> And, and I'm not rowing. rowing. Yeah, I'm sitting in a boat with no oars. I'm just, I'm pretty much just stranded where I'm at. And they're not, I'm mm-hmm. not pushing them, them forward. They're not pushing me forward. So we're not, we're not going to, yeah. we're not going to continue to grow and expand our reach in our own community, which is the, the whole point of networking. I also like to, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. touch base with some of the, you know, people I do know. So, but in order to continue to expand and one of the best ways to get in front of and and again if you're looking for a new opportunity go to the, some of these free networking meetings there is mm-hmm. always at least two or three people sometimes more right now looking to hire find out what they're hiring for talk to them about the job you may know somebody that fits that job you might fit yep. that job mm-hmm just goes back to the personality and put yep, yourself correct. out there and that's building that skill building that muscle oh leanne so good so good to have you my friend <laughs> you're really getting my ego my head's not gonna fit in the little mini screen in a second here <laughs> <laughs> oh tamar so good to hang out with you it's always so much fun, Lane. Yeah, Leanne, thanks oh for being God. on the show. You guys are awesome. It is absolutely my pleasure. I love both of you. You you guys are, are rock stars. And for listeners, you can head on over to Leanne's website. Is that the best yeah, place? Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, loveyoursales.com. Oh my God, I love her so much. 
She's so nice. I know. Talk about personality, you know? Wisconsin. <laughs> wow. I was thinking about Nebraska yesterday, too, like these, these, these states in the middle of the country. But you, you're in another country all the way. All, all the way. But I'm yeah. still West Coast, though. Okay. So why are we here? Because we are asking you, our friend, listener, uh, to go check out our newsletter. We have a mm-hmm. newsletter that we send out once a week, every Sunday night, and it's kind of a recap. And we also send out uh, interesting articles. So we'd love to have you be a part of that. You can find yes. out more over at laughingwithoutliquor.com forward slash newsletter. And if you want to ask us a question, yes, visit our page, please ask a question, or you can leave us a little voice memo now. It's all please. set up there. So I would love it. check out the website and we'd love to hear from you. Perfect. And now on with your day. Thanks for hanging out. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of Laughing Without Liquor. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Living in recovery can be a blast, and we are glad you're laughing without the liquor with us. We hope you'll join us again in the next episode. Until then, take care.